my Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. This great feast of the Assumption is a day for us to melt, to be especially tender. After all, Mary is our mother, she who is irresistible. There are dozens of magnificent depictions of her Assumption in which Mary appears so majestic. She is the woman clothed with the sun the moon beneath her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. Yet even though we admire those masterpieces of art, we are drawn to Our Lady irresistibly, simply because she is our mother, and we love her tenderly. We see her so very close to us. This feast is important to her as well. She is delighted to see us making a big fuss about this feast day. We should never consider Mary as some distant figure whose life has nothing to do with ours. St. John Paul II, back in 1987, wrote a powerful document entitled The Mother of the Redeemer. At one point he says, Motherhood always establishes a unique and unrepeatable relationship between two people, between mother and child and between child and mother. Even when the same woman is the mother of numerous children, her personal relationship with each one of them is of the very essence of motherhood. These powerful words suggest to us that as Our Lady is looking down upon each one of us, there is that special, individual, unique bond between Mary and ourselves. During this time of prayer together, let us ask Mary to guide us along our pilgrimage of faith. After all, she is the one who has gone before us to show us what a life of faith looks like. What happens when we live a life of faith? Our life becomes filled with meaning, trust, and joy. We acquire the capacity to see through difficulties and not be bogged down by them. But how does it begin? How does a life of faith begin? by listening to God's message. Mary's pilgrimage of faith began in Nazareth when she listened to the message delivered by the Archangel Gabriel. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, 
and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Faith leads to self-giving. Mary listened with astonishment to God's plan for her and responded by entrusting herself to God completely. She said quite simply and quite totally, Behold your handmaid. Be it done to me according to your word. In essence, she said to God, Do with my life whatever you want. She made it abundantly clear that she was completely open to the action of the Holy Spirit. The perfect term for this attitude is abandonment. A century ago, Saint Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, stated with utter simplicity, Abandonment, that is my compass. Saint Jose Maria referred to this response of faith when he wrote, Do you want it, Lord? Then I want it. And at another moment he wrote, How little a life is to give to God. Going back to that document of St. John Paul II of 1987, the Mother of the Redeemer, he says, To believe means to abandon oneself to the truth of the word of the living God, knowing and humbly recognizing how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. That sentence is so dense, so packed with meaning, it is worthwhile reading it once again. To believe means to abandon oneself to the truth of the word of the living God, knowing and humbly recognizing how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. This great saint certainly spoke from personal experience. Just think of all the hardships and obstacles he had to overcome in his own pilgrimage of faith. Faith leads us to let go, to embrace God's ways, which are at times unsearchable, inscrutable. In other words, mysterious and sometimes seemingly contradictory. Mary's pilgrimage of faith was certainly filled with abundant light, but also darkness. Those years in Nazareth, living in the presence of Jesus, were a constant source of joy. Nevertheless, Mary could never forget those ominous words of Simeon in the temple. Behold, a sword shall pierce your soul also. Those words of Simeon formed a kind of background music, an awareness that was always there. This great mother of ours is intent, is determined, to teach us to be souls of faith, and for that reason, to be souls of prayer. 
St. Luke offers us that brief but powerful explanation of Mary's faith. And his mother carefully kept all these things in her heart, pondering what those words might mean. Our faith must be nourished through daily prayer. At times, reading God's word in the sacred scriptures and pondering those words. Take, for example, the gospel for this feast. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. As we dwell on those words, it might well be that the Holy Spirit will show us how to trust more completely in God's love for us and in his plans for us. An episode in the life of St. Josemaria illustrates this. On October 2nd, 1934, the young Josemaria, then 32 years old, prepared to celebrate the sixth anniversary of the founding of Opus Dei. He and the few people who belonged to Opus Dei at that moment were in the process of setting up the first student residence. When it came time to bless the rooms that had been finished, the power went out so that the ceremony had to be done by candlelight. For the following few days, Jose Maria was confined to quarters because of the serious political unrest in the streets of Madrid. In fact, he could not leave the building due to the presence of snipers. In spite of all that, he knew with unbreakable faith that the work of God would be done. Our life of prayer, that life of prayer that we ask Our Lady for as a gift right now, that life of prayer will lead us to ponder, to ponder everything that Jesus says, everything that he does. Consider this charming consideration from a helpful website called To Pray with the Gospel. How lovely to find Mary following Jesus, to imagine her listening to him, paying attention to every word, to every story, his gestures, his smile, as a thirsty soul drinking every word that came from his lips, smiling to herself on hearing that voice that she knew so well. She had her eyes on him every time she had the chance. Even when Jesus was talking to someone else in the distance, she could not help looking at her son and recalling so many conversations with him. Well, that is a special grace that we ask Our Lady for on this feast day, to take delight in listening to her son. As Psalm 37 says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. My mother, we want to learn from you how to really and truly take delight 
at listening to your son. Ask her for the capacity to ponder important things in your heart. Thinking deeply, reflecting, rather than slipping into what you could call a butterfly syndrome. In other words, let us ask her to make us contemplatives, to teach us to recognize the constant calls from God at the door of our heart. Faith leads us to keep going without ever giving up or becoming disheartened. Faith allows us to see through the difficulties that inevitably crop up. In the life of Mary, she knew that she would eventually have to suffer great anguish. What else could Simeon have meant when he said that her heart would be pierced by a sword? In spite of that, she knew that God is faithful and fulfills his promises. In words of St. Josemaria, we could think, perhaps, that this optimism is excessive. But faith teaches us that everything around and in us is filled with divine purpose. That all things echo the call beckoning us to the house of our Father. This supernatural understanding of earthly existence does not oversimplify the complexity of human life. Rather, it assures us that this complexity can be drenched with the love of God. St. Josemaria also tells us the following. The Feast of the Assumption of Our Lady prompts us to acknowledge the basis for this joyful hope. Yes, we are still pilgrims, but our mother has gone on ahead where she points to the reward of our efforts. She tells us that we can make it, and if we are faithful, we will reach home. The Blessed Virgin is not only our model, she is the help of Christians. And as we besiege her with our petitions, show that you are our mother, she cannot help but watch over her children with motherly care. A final consideration about our response, our response to this extraordinary mother. Our response is necessarily filled with tender love. You may have heard the charming story of a young boy who walked into a flower shop asked the florist for the most beautiful flower in the entire store, then reached up and plunked down on the counter a small coin and said that the flower was for his mother. Well, the florist, of course, was totally charmed, smiled and presented that young boy with a very beautiful orchid. When the boy got back home and explained what he had done, his father panicked, went racing back to the florist, and talked to the florist 
saying, I have come to pay what that orchid really cost. The florist looked at him, shook his head, and with great affection in his voice said to the father, it's on the house. You don't owe me anything because that little one just taught me to love. As we bring our prayer to a close, we reach up on our tiptoes, so to speak. We plunk down what we can in the presence of Jesus. And we say to him, my Lord, you give to my mother and your mother the very, very best gift that you can possibly give her on my behalf. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.